Hey, everybody. This is Patrick, the Chief Monkey and founder of Wall Street Oasis. Just wanted to first off say thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Second, wanted to make sure for any of you in the market for financial modeling training, remind you that Wall Street Oasis does have some incredible financial modeling training courses, including Excel modeling, financial statement through, you know, linking up the three statements, DCF, valuation, M&A, LBO, um, even more niche courses like 13-week cash flow, venture capital course, real estate modeling, you name it. Go ahead and check them out at wallstreetoasis.com slash courses. Thanks for the support. Wouldn't it be cool if there was a Netflix for finance? Well, there is. It's called Real Vision, and it gives you unprecedented access to some of the most respected names in finance. Watch interviews with legends like Kyle Bass, Jeff Gunlock, Stanley Drunkenmiller, and many, many more. If you want to be part of the Real Vision revolution, visit realvision.com slash WSO. Hello and welcome. I'm Alex Grodnick, and this is Moving Up, a podcast about secrets to success, struggles along the way, and life in general. Today on the pod, Khalid Hussein, the CEO and founder of Red Door. I know Caleb because before his real estate startup now, which don't worry, we talk all about, he was the co-founder of Tilt, which you probably hear me talk about all the time. And we also had on the pod Caleb's co-founder of Tilt, James Bashara, a month or so ago. So that's how we got connected, but that's really just the beginning of it. Here's a cool story about meeting with other motivated and interesting people that you make a connection with. After that, really anything can happen. Caleb, he's one of the nicest and one most genuine people I've ever had on the pod. You can tell right away that he cares about others. And from my experience, he's been really helpful to both Jason and me on the pay club journey. Also, when Caleb was thinking about starting his own podcast, who do you think he chatted with? The moral here is that yes, it helps to have skills that other people value. But more importantly, how crucial it is to get out in the world, meet people, and build relationships. Networking just for the sake of accomplishing a task like getting an internship or a job or investment in your company, people see right through that. The right way to build bonds is to do it the old-fashioned way, the old-fashioned human way, by taking interest in someone, finding a way to contact him or her, sharing your story, and learning about them, and then growing that relationship. Sure, over time, when they need something, of course, you will be the one that they call, and vice versa, but it doesn't happen overnight. This podcast, it's very helpful to me for the connection point, but all that does is get my foot in the door with someone that I want to meet. But then it's on me to actually create a bond. Sometimes it happens and sometimes it doesn't, and that can be for many reasons. But then that bond, it just isn't there forever either. It needs to be taken care of. We need to chat every once in a while. I keep them up to date on what's happening in my life, and they do the same in theirs. It takes work. But like anything else that takes hard work and possibly a really long time, the results can be meaningful. That's it. If we're good on the building relationships spiel, let's get into this awesome, awesome conversation with Caleb. Caleb, thanks so much for having me to your uh, your WeWork here in, in San Francisco. Of course. Thanks for having me on your podcast. Yeah. Very excited. Um, really, been, I've been looking forward to, uh, to speaking with you. I had your co-founder of one of your previous ventures, James Bashara on the podcast, and it was a, a unique podcast. It was different than the than the normal normal structure. <laughs> he is uh, he is not a normal person. So yeah, <laughs> he's very unique, very special kind of person. Uh, so I, I would expect no less. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah. So you in your earlier life, you co-founded this company Tilt. 
I talk about it all the time because it's, <laughs> it relates a lot to Pay Club and you guys had a lot of successes and a lot of ups and downs and we can, you know, talk about that in relation to uh, to your journey. And uh, and now you have another really cool startup still in the fintech space, which is right. which is interesting. I can, I mean, I don't know if that came out of uh, your work with Tilt or how, how you got to that, but but we'll get into that too. Yeah. But like, let's let's start early days. Where'd you grow up? Where'd you go to school? You know, when did you start to become uh, the man you are today? Yeah, well, thank you. Um, I um, <clears throat> I actually grew up in Egypt. I grew up in Alexandria, Egypt specifically. And uh, I was very fortunate. I grew up in a family of entrepreneurs. My father was uh, an entrepreneur. My grandfather was an entrepreneur. And they owned multiple different businesses. And uh, so I kind of inherited that, if you will. <laughs> and um, so I uh, grew up there. I went to school there and uh, finished my high school in Alexandria, after which I started my first company. And it was actually in the real estate space as well. It was kind of a property management software uh, to help property managers know which properties are rented, which ones are not, who paid, who didn't, that kind of thing. And that was, uh, I mean, we're talking about over 17, maybe 18 years ago now. So I'm dating myself big time. (laughs) And I... um, Finished this business and then I moved to the US. I went to Virginia Tech for school. I studied human computer interaction and that kind of shaped uh, the rest of my life really in terms of focusing on user experience and products and what the psychology is of, of these users and how they think through problems and the solutions and so forth. I finished my master's and then I joined the company called Webmail. That was almost before Gmail was was there, and that, that's how old I am. <laughs> but um, I joined, and almost nine months later, the company nine ten months later, the company got acquired by Rackspace. When uh, when Rackspace at the time was two hundred or so employees, and uh, so I was fortunate. I joined that uh, that team in Rackspace, and I moved from Virginia down to Texas. Uh, you know, coming from Egypt. Side note: coming from Egypt, Virginia was really cold for me, and it was first time to see snow, and I was just mind blown. And I and then I overcompensated. I went to Texas, and Texas is actually hotter than Egypt, really? believe it or not. Yes, <laughs> at least where I grew up. So in, uh, at Rackspace, I stayed there for about four and a half years and I, you know, seen the teams grow from 200 people-ish to about maybe 4,000 in four years, almost a thousand person a year. The company went public, it went to up to $35 billion um, at some point and it was really great. I got to learn so much. I've had amazing mentors um and after that journey decided to jump on board to try something else try something on my own and and uh that's when i started tilt and i know we'll talk a little bit more about it but it was an awesome kind of silicon valley show story and we got to learn a lot from that journey i got to meet james and uh which is i feel very very blessed to have met him and uh, I, i learned a whole lot from him as well as an as an entrepreneur and as a founder and um and then after we sold the company to Airbnb, I stayed at Airbnb for about a year and a half or so. And I left uh, to start uh, my current venture uh, called Red Door in kind of the fintech uh, real estate uh, mortgage space. Yeah. So kind of right now it's tying all of your stuff together. Your, your first job, yeah. your first business in Egypt. <laughs> full and, circle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so how'd you, how'd you get connected with James? 
We are oh, great story. And so, you know how one, one of the best advices I've ever gotten in my life was in order for you to succeed as an entrepreneur, but really it applies for anything. You have to build trust and network. You have to, people need to trust you and you need a lot of people to trust you. If, if you have a lot of people in your network, but there's only two people that trust you, it's not going to help you that much. And if, uh, if you have a lot of people in your network and nobody trusts you, it, it doesn't matter either. And so um, I really took this to heart and I started kind of throughout my entire career, really, even starting from high school and college is I cared so much about building that network and, and making sure that um, I am, you know, trustworthy. My reputation really mattered a lot. So I, uh, I remember in my first job at Webmail, I kind of engineered the situation where I run into the founders and try to uh, learn from them and get them to be my mentors. So I, uh, I grabbed lunch with them and presented a few ideas. And then they all looked at the ideas. They were saying, listen, you're smarter than that. So clearly, this is not a meeting about these ideas. What do you want from this? And I said, well, okay, one day I want to start my own business. And uh, I just want to learn from you guys. I think you have a lot of um, experience and I just want to kind of have them as my mentors. They took it and they ended up being my mentors for a very, very long time. And they actually in, ended up investing in Tilt and their investors in this company as well in Red Door. And uh, through those two mentors, um, they were, uh, they met James and they, they knew about James was building a company at the time called Crowd Tilt. And he was looking for a co-founder and, uh, and they wanted to invest, but they wouldn't really invest in a company with solo founder. So they said, listen, we have this company, we have this guy, just have a chat and see, tell us what do you think? So I chatted with James three hours later, I quit my job wow. <laughs> at the time. Yeah. So I met through, you know, uh, those mentors that I, uh, I worked with for the last five years or so. I mean, so. I love, Caleb, I love the story of just forging these authentic relationships, not really expecting anything, just kind of, this is a long-term thing. We'll see what happens. I mean, it sounds like it didn't take that long to, uh, to pay off yeah. <laughs> for you. So fortunate. Um, when you met with James for the first time, what was it like? What was it about his vision, like his leadership? Like what, what sold you on it? Yeah, I think uh, it, it was really actually great. There is a lot of things you look for in a co-founder. And, I, and I'm one of the fortunate people where I didn't have to do this whole co-founder dating thing for, for a while. Uh, it was basically James was kind of uh, either first or second meeting. And um, there is... Uh, there's a lot of qualities you want to find in, in a leader. You want to find somebody that is uh, authentic, that understands the space. That's also, you know, one of the best kind of quotes Jeff Bezos says is be very kind of stubborn on where you want to be, but very flexible on how you get there. And so I, I really wanted to get that from my co-founder. I wanted to see where what is what is that thing that he wants to get out of this company? And where is the company today? How do we get there? That's going to be a journey. We don't know. We're going to discover things out. And, and even that North Star might change a little bit in, in the future. But it was really important for us to kind of align our way of thinking. Do we think the same way or not? And, and that was very kind of eminent in, the, uh, in that first chat with him. And uh, so, but we really kind of saw the world the same way in terms of, Tilt had an opportunity to um, 
<clears throat> to really just kind of change uh, social behavior, to change how human beings pull money together for any objective, whether that is a college party or building a bridge. And, um, and so we really kind of went after that as our mission and our goal. And we started building the company together to, to make this happen. It's a great story. Um, you're right. That is a cool meeting story. Thank you. How, yeah. you're, uh, <laughs> how you're introduced and, and, and it kind of, it kind of worked out and you started to build the company in Texas. Right. Yes. We, we were very fortunate. We built the company in Texas, in Austin, and uh, he was in Dallas at the time, and I was in Austin, and I told him it's going to be much easier for us to hire people in Austin. And he said, all right, that's fine. Then let's let's move to Austin. And I told him, all right, do you have a place? And he said, no, he doesn't. So I thought, all right. So he crashed on my couch for a few weeks and until we kind of uh, built up the company. And it took us, I think, about a, a month or so to kind of rebuild everything and, and get it to the point where we can actually scale. Uh, a few months later, we were the number one startup in Texas. We've raised money. We got traction. We were growing like crazy fast. We had a team, uh, people that I've worked with before in the past, and things just moved really, really fast in a super exciting way. And uh, we were named like the number one in Texas. And that kind of felt good for about 10 seconds. And then you start to realize at the time, there wasn't like a lot of whole startups back there. <laughs> and we wanted to go where the pros are. And so we said, all right, let's go, you know, to the Bay Area. Who do you know here? And he didn't know anybody and I didn't know anybody either. So we kind of decided to apply to YC. We were very fortunate to get in. And we got accepted and we moved out here. We moved the whole team. We all lived in a house together uh, for the three months of kind of the YC uh, period. And uh, yeah, then just kind of started growing from there. Right. Yeah. Okay. And I mean, it's been written a lot of a lot about it's a famous story about the the ups of tilt i mean you got millions and millions of users and you continued the growth and you raised tons of money and as james put it on the podcast you flew very 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 close to the sun yeah. <laughs> uh, and then too close then the wings melted off and uh, you sold the airbnb and then you went to airbnb so like you know let's let's i want to get into you know today and the story and but like let's get us caught up into like how it how it, the journey was and how it went and what you what you took from it yeah no absolutely there was man uh, entrepreneurship is one of those things that uh, probably helps you to learn the most in the shortest period of time in your life you learn about everything <laughs> and 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 you kind of have to and and you have to learn very fast uh so tilt for us was kind of that we we got to learn so much we we had so many ups um and and we had so so many downs, and uh, we, you know we got to learn, you know, from everything really, from fundraising to recruiting to thinking about it as a business. I mean, it's very easy to get kind of caught up in in user growth and and people giving you awards and you know putting you on a pedestal and and getting on a stage, and it's very easy to get caught up in this whole kind of glamorous phase of building a company, and you forget about the reality of the business. It you know you you need to look at you need to look at it as an actual business. Uh, what's your spending looking like? What's your revenue looking like? What is the bottom line looking like? Like when when people kind of lose track of 
what we're building is a is a real business um that's when things start to go south and unfortunately you don't see it right away you kind of you see it two three years down the road um and it kind of builds up because you're getting everybody kind of clapping for you for the growth yeah yeah society is telling you everything you're doing is great and you're rewarding you but then like behind the scenes there's like the dollars and cents, you're not like making revenues. That's exactly right. And crowdfunding models, even till today, very few have figured out how to make the economics work. They're very hard, very difficult. And, and the kind of sector that we built the company in or the kind of customer segment that we built the company in, it was even harder to make the economics work. So five years later, we, you know, you look at things and we have a company with, with a lot of money in the bank and a lot of people uh, building the company, but the economics don't make any sense. And, and we had to make a decision. We either kind of cut down on everything and start going back to square zero and try to figure it all out again, or uh, we find a really great home for everybody in the team and and make sure our investors are still okay with with their investments and do the responsible thing. And so we ended up with that route. And um, going through that, especially going from these insane highs to these lows teaches you a lot. It's very stressful time. It was very stressful time. And it kind of gets you back to, you have to think about uh, first kind of principal questions like why why are we here kind of thing and what really matters and and you have to go back to what was the purpose of all of this and that's when all these learnings start to kind of show up like towards the end that's when everything kind of fell in place it's like yep we know exactly where we went wrong we know exactly what happened uh we knew what we tried we knew what we didn't try we know uh, things start kind of getting much clearer towards the end. And, and that's when we started to just learn that, hey, there is there's something bigger here. And, and I, you know, I hope we get the opportunity to do something much better and bigger in the future. So, yeah. Or you do something much better, much bigger in the future. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I got very fortunate that I, I kind of jumped right back into it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But I mean, so you sold the Airbnb, you spent, you spent what, a year or two, a year or two there? Yeah. About a year and a half. I was running payments infrastructure there uh, globally and, and Airbnb payments is, is massive. I mean, it, it's much bigger than people think. <laughs> uh, Airbnb operates in almost 192 countries around the world, uh, almost 70 plus currencies. It was a very complex. I thought I understood payments until I went to Airbnb and then you start to realize there's an even much bigger scale here <laughs> that we have to, uh, to, to learn and yeah. grow. Did they, end, did they end up using some of the Tilt technology and stuff? In They did. So if you go on uh, on Airbnb, you'll find the typical use case was uh, you find the, some of the high-end listings, let's say 10,000 and above or 15,000 and above. Typically, one person traditionally ends up paying for that listing, for that reservation. Then you have to hunt people down for their shares and, hey, you still owe me this $300 from, you know, yeah. two weeks ago. <laughs> and so Tilt was built from the ground up to actually really solve that very problem where people pull their money together before anything actually happens. And then the organizer, if it tilts and, and the campaign kind of meets its goal, the organizer gets the capital to go reserve that listing. And so that same dynamic kind of were taken to Airbnb. Uh, technology didn't match so we ended up building it using the Airbnb technology. So the same kind of team was building this um, there. 
and um, and we launched it for uh, kind of smaller markets to try it out and and grow it from there. Yeah, that's cool. Um, but it sounds like you're a you know a startup guy, and so like working for a company. I mean, Airbnb is a startup, but a very really big one. Um, did you like it working there? Was it not like fulfilling your you know entrepreneurial side? How was it? Yeah, I uh, to be honest, I really enjoyed it. I think typically entrepreneurs when they get that question, they're like, "Yeah, listen, it's a big company. I really wanted to build something on my own and all that." But honestly, I really enjoyed working at Airbnb. I got to learn a lot. I got to meet really awesome people. Um, but the my interests started kind of uh, diverging away from what I was doing at Airbnb, uh, running kind of the payments infrastructure. And I started seeing more opportunities out there that I, um, especially within kind of the real estate, I started getting more and more interested in real estate. I guess in a way, Airbnb paved that road for me. Airbnb is uh, very much a real estate company as well. And so... I got more interested in kind of newer and different models of real estate and and understanding what the problems are and all that. And I started realizing that I'm spending a lot of my time now just not really dedicated to what I was doing at Airbnb and and ethically I should not be doing that. So I, I decided, you know what, I'm I'm gonna take a break from Airbnb and and uh, go try to pursue whatever next. Uh, and I wasn't really clear on what that next You weren't clear. Yeah, you, were like, you had some yeah. general ideas. And- right. I, I just realized that I'm, I'm spending a lot of my brain energy on something else outside Airbnb. And I, that, that, that was the trigger for me where I just decided, you know what, I have to kind of leave so that I focus on trying to figure something out. Yeah. So, and, I mean, uh, sometimes you have to have your back up against the wall. It's like, it's when you have other options, it's like easy just to stay the course. Right, right. I was very fortunate through, you know, the acquisition and all that, that I, uh, I wasn't really kind of uh, needing necessarily to have the job. And I needed to kind of take a little bit of a break to just think and reflect on, you know, wrap it all up together. I mean, the company, we signed paperwork for the acquisition. I think it was on Thursday and I started Monday. So we didn't really have any time off, right? And and uh, so I, I kind of needed to take that time off and and reflect and just capture everything together and and uh, jump into the next thing. And so what was what was that period like? Did you take some time off and you just thought nothing about work? I mean, because like you went through like a pretty pretty big journey here. I mean, the, yeah, the Airbnb yeah. piece being being kind of part of the whole the whole process. Yeah, yeah. No, you know, it's uh, it was it was actually great. My wife and I kind of took uh, a month and we traveled a little bit. We went uh, a whole different places, spent some time in Europe, spent some time in uh, Southeast Asia, and. Um, and then we came back and throughout this whole time, we're still thinking of uh, all kinds of things. It's really hard to disconnect your brain. I mean, that's how you're actually realizing that. It's a muscle. That. It's like, a, a, yeah, when, yeah. once you got it uh, working on starting thinking of business ideas, it's like, it's going. Th- that's exactly right. It's really, and then curiosity. And then you come up with these questions and all of a sudden you can't stop, but try to find the answers to those questions. And uh, it just starts this journey. And, but anyways, we tried as much as possible to not be thinking about work. And, um, and when, when I came back, to the US, I started, her and I, we went to apply for uh, a property. We found the property that we really liked and we wanted to buy. And so, uh, and it was uh, off market. So my wife and I found this realtor to help us kind of, you know, go through the flow. 
and uh, or through the process and she said are you guys pre-approved and at the time i didn't even know what that is and i said i, I don't know what that is but um, i'm happy to do that i don't know what i need to do she said okay well listen this is going this house is going to get sold like very quickly so if you are interested you need to go find the lender today get your approval all that stuff going through today so they're okay, great. So I f- go online, find this online tech, you know, lender, everything is tech, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, exactly, you know what I'm talking about. So I go online and I give them every, I did all these almost irrational things. Like this lender just asked me to upload my tax returns and I'm sure, why not? Give me your SSN, sure, why not? I did all these things that looking at it uh, in hindsight, I'm like, what the, what was I thinking? Like I gave somebody that I have no clue who they are. I give them everything about me. And even then that took about three days before I got my pre-approval. At the time, uh, by the time I got the pre-approval, the house was off market, was gone, it was sold. Uh, and that really, really bothered me <laughs> for some reason, it bothered me more than I thought it would. And so that triggered a six months journey afterwards to learn how do mortgages work and uh, it wasn't even started it didn't start as a way for me to uh, build a company in a space it started as a way that why did it take that long i just really wanted this house and i just want to know and i realized i come from a fintech background and here's an area that you know kind of in the fintech space and i just don't know how it works so out of curiosity again i have the question and now i went to try to find an answer and through that uh man things picked up pretty quickly my day was booked from nine to nine almost meetings with people that are remotely even close to the industry loan officers brokers banks lenders uh, real estate agents uh, ceos of lending company everybody uh to try to understand everything and then you know the more you learn the more questions you have and and i've identified the very big gap in the mortgage industry that um that i started to kind of validate in the in, in in the market and it turned out that uh, it looks like we're onto something pretty big and so we built red door to kind of tackle that very gap uh to the, the idea of it really very simple which is there is so many ways you can get a mortgage today and some of these methods are just not accessible to consumers and uh, well, it turns out a lot of these wholesale lenders out there, they actually have incredible mortgage products to consumers that are sometimes half a percent lower in interest rate than anything else you can find online and uh, with much less down payment. So it's all about making this uh, home purchase affordable to folks with a really great mortgage product. And buyers just simply don't have access to any of that. Right. These programs exist. But buyers don't have any access. But you're talking to about putting a delightful consumer interface on top of a wholesale mortgage company and cutting out like a chase that's that's selling you a mortgage today. Everything in between the buyer and the lender, we kind of get rid of all that. Because the I think- way a mortgage works today is like you go to Chase, they say, yeah, sure, well, Caleb, we'll give you a mortgage. They give it to you, and then they turn around and sell it to they sell it to somebody else, right? That's exactly right. So what we ended up doing is we created this 
amazing experience where the buyer downloads the product and downloads the Red Door app. And within 60 seconds, we don't ask you to upload a single document. You no longer need to give us your tax returns. You no longer need to give us any of that stuff. It turns out that there is there is ways where we can actually pull all that information. It doesn't mean just because we don't ask you to upload it doesn't mean we don't have access to it. Um, and so we just ask you two, three questions. And after that, we kind of create this entire credit profile uh, for you that tells you what your maximum buying power is, what you really can afford without causing any problems to anyone, uh, what your kind of available mortgage programs for you are, what interest rates you will be getting, not just a calculator online that uh, gets you excited, but you don't actually end up getting that rate. And so we basically turned it from this kind of hypothetical uh, lead gen strategy online to, hey, this is actually for you now, and we're going to help you uh, figure out a way how to buy a house. And we're going to give you the best mortgage product and and we're going to do this while you're sitting on a couch watching TV. And so that was kind of the goal of, of Red Door. So we launched in, uh, in May of this year. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And it's been, it's been great. Uh, team is, uh, is much bigger now. We're almost 14, 15 people. Um, and the company has just been, I think we closed a little over, uh, $70 million in, uh, in mortgages. And so, yeah, so it's been really, really exciting to kind of see the company growing. That's amazing. And you're, are you across the U.S.? You're in a few specific states. Like, how does, like, the back-end right. piece work? Yeah, currently we work with uh, almost 10 of the top lenders uh, in the country. And every one of those lenders is licensed in all 50 states. Um, we are only licensed to originate in California today. So it's one of the things that... Uh, you we... actually have a have a mortgage license. Correct. We have we are a mortgage broker. To, so, oh, to be selling them... You you have to have a like an NMLS or something, right? That's correct. And we don't we don't actually sell the mortgages either. We originate the mortgages to the lenders. So the buyer is never sold to anyone. Um, and that really matters. I mean, to me, it goes, you know, this whole full circle thing from me studying human computer interaction. I really care about that user experience and I really care about a user, uh, you know, the user's privacy not being sold to anybody. The, the whole idea of uh, I'm going to sell a user to someone, it just sounds wrong to me. And uh, so we don't do that. We don't even buy leads or anything like that. We actually get our consumers uh, all from the realtors. And um, and this is the first time, I guess I'll say this publicly, but uh, we've been very fortunate. We actually just closed a really great partnership with 3Max Gold in California, the number one broker and uh, real estate broker, uh, access to 1,500 agents, uh, real estate agents all around the state, uh, 15,000 real estate transactions a year. Uh, so this is really, really big for us, and we're very excited about where yeah, that so goes next. Yeah, so now when a broker goes out and they ask the question that they asked you, are you pre-qualified, and their face gets white, they're like, oh, well, no problem, because here you go, download this app. That's exactly right. That same problem is yeah. just no longer uh, exists with, with Red Door. The moment you are asked that question, you download the app, and you don't have to have any documents on you. You don't have to have any of that stuff. Within 60 seconds, you'll literally print a pre-approval that you can make an offer with. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. We're very excited to see that. <laughs> yeah. So the you, know, you you said the tilt journey you had an incredible amount of learnings. I mean, good stuff, bad stuff, you know, the company didn't, you know, end up working so well in, in the end, but like what do you take from that to this? Like do you are, are there incredible like Oh man. 
<laughs> what a great question. I, I'll tell you, one of, one of the things I've been telling some of my existing investors is I went from a company that had the, almost the lowest margin on a transaction. You're talking about, you know, pennies on, on a transaction to a business that has an incredibly high margin on a transaction. We end up making, on average, from the lender, we charge the buyer nothing. It's for free for the buyer. But we make almost five to $6,000 per transaction. Um, so it's kind of, you know, lesson one, think about the economics of the goes. business. The first business always has <laughs> shit margins right? and it's like consumer. <laughs> and the second business always gets closer to enterprise and yeah. has big, big margins. It's like, it's kind of how the learning curve goes. You, know, you don't know any better when, you, when you're first going. It's so incredible. And, and you end up, uh, one thing I'm certainly noticing is I'm very sensitive to the economics of the business and making sure that it is an actual business, very sensitive to um, our spending. I mean, we're now kind of a bigger team, 14, 15 people, but we're almost profitable um so we're getting to a point yeah so uh we're getting to a point where we are um we're very comfortable that we can continue running this for you know control your destiny kind of thing um and and innovate on the industry and being able to kind of do the things that we want to do without being rushed into uh, you know kind of grow at the risk of everything we know we want to make sure it's it's actually a very sustainable and stable business and and it will grow if we think about it the right way yeah Kayla, that's that's awesome. So I guess the next question here is, um, you didn't tilt didn't make any of your investors rich, right? But were they excited to invest in you again? Yes. Yeah, so it goes back to uh, kind of the very first thing I said in this podcast is this kind of trust the network. I think you know people. Almost every one of uh, our prior investors invested in Red Door uh, simply because uh, you know. I'd, I would like to think that it's because they trust me <laughs> and they trust that we got to learn a lot. And, and also, we were very fortunate with our first investors at Tilt. We were very um, selective, really, and we were able to get uh, a suite of investors that are that are kind of doing this for the long run. They're not doing it for only one company. They're, in the beginning, Tilt didn't really have a lot of proof points either. So people were investing in the founders. And, uh, and that thesis is still there. And, you know, they, they even more so believe that the founders have learned a lot from that first experience. And, and both of us, you know, James and I are doing, um, you know, I, th I think to not to uh, brag about myself, but I think we're doing a lot of really awesome things um, based on all these learnings that we've had, uh, that we got with us from the Tilt experience. And, and those investors saw that and, and they continue to see that. Um, so when I told them about, you know, what I'm, what I'm doing next, it was interesting, actually, almost all of them, they learned about me leaving Airbnb. So a lot of them reached out to me, they saying, what's next? <laughs> Some of them, they wanted to invest without even knowing what the next thing is, wow. uh, which is really incredible. I mean, that's, that's just a cool testament to kind of Silicon Valley, right? Like people, as, uh, failure isn't, a, isn't like a negative stigma. It's like you learned a ton, right? Absolutely. I feel like in other countries, if like a failure, it's like, ah, okay, well, there's kind of like something negative around, around this person. But here it's like, no, it's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it's not, see, the thing is, there is so many ways we can frame the tilt story. And, and in many ways, it was not the success that we wanted it to be. Uh, but to be honest, I still consider Tilt was a success story. Well, there were so um, many pieces of it. I mean, it, it's incredible. The users, I mean, I mean yeah. It's, it's incredible. We, we've helped, you know, so many people all around the world. We've been able to have incredible teams. We built great relationships with 
the the employees, the the entrepreneurs, the founders, the ecosystem here in the Bay Area and outside the Bay Area. I mean, in many ways, there were so many successes, and and yeah, there were definitely you know the the end was not what we hoped to get, but I always like to think of it in a very positive way, and because I end up learning more from from that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so. Last two questions. The yeah. first one's about uh, advice. We were talking before we turned on the microphones. You had some some good advice for you know people early in early in their careers. And then the second one is: Is there anything that the listeners can do for you that would that would provide value to you, to your company, to to whatever you know your your causes are? Yeah. No. Thank you. And you know the, the advice that I almost always kind of repeat in in kind of uh, these talks. Really, uh, two things. One is trust and network. No matter where you are in your career today, if you want to build something or if you want to even continue in your job and you want to kind of go up the ranks and so forth, just realize that in order for you to do that, people need to trust you and you need to know a lot of people. Um, and, and you need to be authentic about these relations. You, they're not going to trust you if you try to network and, and you're not authentic. So it's kind of those two words, if you unpack them, you end up, you know, you can, you can write 50 books on those two words. Um, so they're, they're uh, simple, but they're not easy uh, to do. So that would be kind of uh, my first advice. And then the other advice is realize that the peak of human existence is the relationships and experience and the moments that we have with people we love. So understand that there is kind of something bigger here and, and realize that just enjoy the journey, right? There will be ups and downs no matter how big the, your company is, how successful you are. We've all seen it. Look at the press of anybody, choose a name, and you'll find press that brings them up and find press that brings them back down. And it's just, that's life. So uh, just create meaningful connections, meaningful moments that uh, that make everything else worth it. And and I think that that would, would help everybody kind of uh, starting in their career. I kind of, I wish I learned that very, very early on, even earlier than, than when I, when I started, but. Um, well, that's so cool to have that, you know, encapsulate it forever on, on this podcast. Now yeah. Right? Well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. And uh, my, my ask always from everybody as kind of an entrepreneur and as a product guy is, you know, would love to get everybody's thoughts on, on the product, download the app, try it out. There is no impact on your credit score you don't need to upload anything just see what you can afford you never know it's uh, there was a report that says almost 54 percent of all americans um they don't think that they can afford buying and and which is incorrect um according to some of the existing mortgage programs that people just simply don't know anything about um so download the app just give us give us any feedback okay cool <laughs> all right well Caleb, thanks so much for coming on your, your story this is all the advice this was this was awesome thank you thank you i really appreciate it it's uh it's very exciting to be here and, and thanks for the opportunity okay thanks for listening today if you like moving up the best way you can support us is by telling your friends that helps us grow. And also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Thanks.